welcome to the Nerd of Paradise podcast. I'm your host, Kate, and you're listening to episode 34. This episode is all about Ace Comic Con Arizona. Ace Comic Con Arizona happened January 11th through 13, 2019 at the Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. It was my first time attending any of the Ace events, and this was their second time here in Arizona. And I have to say, I had a fantastic time. It was so much fun. I mean, right away, since David Tennant was going to be there, I was pretty sure I had to be there. So that was definitely a highlight for me. Also, Tom Hiddleston, um, his panel was awesome. I didn't do any of the autographs or photographs um, because they were super expensive. (laughs) But still, I just had fun being there and... It was a really unique con, uh, the way it was set up. I had never been to one like that. There was basically just the one main stage, and then um, there was the main concourse and the upper concourse. And that's where um, Artist Alley was on one, and then more merchants and photo opportunities and things like that were on the other one. So it kind of like formed these rings around the main stage. So basically, no matter where you were at, you could find a seat really easily and watch the panel because they had these giant uh, screens and really excellent sound engineering and that kind of thing. So it was pretty cool. So of course I did my usual thing with my recorder in hand. I got a chance to talk with some really cool people so that's what I'm gonna share with you guys for the rest of the episode. So I'll come back at the end and enjoy the show. Alright so what's your name? Uh, Dutch. Cool. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your art style? Uh, I've got a very, it's not natural or photorealistic, but it's like a naturalistic style. And um, that's what I'm striving for, getting better and better at it, trying to get that nice little feel of like Alphonse Mucha or uh, JC Leindecker Sweet. styles. So uh, what kind of medium are you using? Uh, I use both traditional and digital. Uh, I'm a dig- professional combo colorist, so I work on... For a company called Hi-Fi Color Design here oh, okay. in Arizona, so we do a lot of work with DC and other comic companies. So I have to do a lot of digital there, but um, sometimes I'll t- do it traditionally first, and then scan it in, and then take finish the rest of the product off uh, cool. with the computer. So. Cool. So, like with the the ones with the metallic sheen, do you want to tell us a little bit about the process with that? Well, I'm not sure what the process is with the printing aspect of it, but this one, uh, one I'm showing here is uh, my Princess Leia. She persisted, mm-hmm. and that one uh, was inspired by an Alphonse Mucha piece okay. I saw, and it just screamed. It was originally just a piece to for Carrie, you know, I thought of Carrie Fisher, yeah. and then it turned into a tribute piece because that's the, cool. when she passed away, so. Yeah. Very nice. And then I see you got 13th Doctor yeah. and then 10th Doctor. Yeah, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so a lot of my Maybe David Tennant will stop by. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm actually going to stop by. With awesome. him. Oh, nice. Too, so. Are you going to get one of them signed by him? I'm actually going to give him one. Give him one? And I have a, something else I need him to That's sign. Be so, amazing. yes, <laughs> it will be amazing. Very it's going to cool. be fun. Awesome. So, do you want to tell people how they can find you online? Yes, it's uh, Dutch's Dynamic. That's D U T C H S Dynamic Illustration.com is my website. We're on Facebook, uh, Dutch's Dynamic Illustration. Uh, Instagram at dot what, Dutch What. <laughs> awesome. And, Failed for commissions and everything else. So, thanks for talking. Oh, thank you. All right, so we're at the A Mother of Dragon Eggs booth. 
Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about these cool eggs? Sure. I've been making them for about six years and selling them for going on three now. Uh, the base is just a foam shape. The uh, scales are individually painted thumbtacks, oh, and wow. I mix the paint myself, so it makes it more unique. Every piece is, every uh, batch of paint that I make makes about three to four eggs, and that's it, so it keeps them nice and unique. And these, I use liquid crystal so that they are mood changing, just like uh, mood changing dry uh, rings and such. <laughs> and they'll cycle through about 12 different colors. Yeah, start from the beginning if you like. So I got that one mostly oh, okay. up. Yeah. <laughs> you have like the little sheet that tells you what mood? I did, but I, I forgot to bring it because <laughs> I'm silly. I'll have that tomorrow That's and cool. Sunday. So you really are the mother of dragon eggs? I am, yes. <laughs> cool. I am. I love them. So do you get a lot of your inspiration from Game of Thrones? It started or? at Game of Thrones. Yeah. I did, a, I did a Night King egg and I've had several requests for all her dragons. So I've made very a lot of Drogon eggs. Um, for the coming final season, I'll be doing a whole yeah. collection of them. Cool. But yeah, they started there and then they just kind of... What's the biggest size you've done? I did an egg about ostrich size, oh, wow. but I used beetle shells oh, wow. for the scales. Beetle wings Crazy. Um, for the scales. So it almost looks oh, like a plant. That's super cool. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So how can people find out more about you online? I have an Instagram, and the handle is just a mother of dragon eggs. Okay. And then I'll be I'll be shifting out of Etsy and mostly just sticking to conventions this year. Next one's gonna be a steampunk one. Oh, nice. Out here in Old Tucson. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for chatting. Yeah, of course. Thank you. All right. What is your name? My um, name's Hong Tran. All right, and we've got some really cool crayon art here. How do you describe your art style when people ask, like, what you do? Um, I usually carve pop culture inspired uh, subjects out of crowns. Very cool. So how long does one typically take you to carve? Depends on the complexity of the subject, but usually maybe like a few hours. Cool. So what, what's your favorite like IP to do? Um, well, I'm like a pop culture junkie, so I like a lot of things. Yeah. So it's hard to pick just one thing. <laughs> How do you typically recommend like displaying one of your crayons? Uh, I also sell like these glass kind of test tubes that the crayons oh, go inside. Cool. Where can people go to find out more about you? Uh, most of my work is on Instagram, so that's uh, at mumbles to himself. All right. Well, thanks for chatting. You have a like a tutorial or something tomorrow? Don't yeah, you? tomorrow morning. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I might have to check that out. Okay. Very cool. Well, have a good rest of your con. Thank you. Thanks for chatting. So I'm here with the legendary Tom Cook. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good. Well, it's really nice that it's warm out. So yeah. I come from Idaho. Oh, wow. You so missed the cold so... snap here. Yeah, we had it up there. So. <laughs> So just real briefly, do you want to give us like an overview of your career? <laughs> well, I basically started 1978. I uh, was a bus driver in Los Angeles and through some weird things happening, I ended up being uh, an assistant animator at Hanna-Barbera. Wow. First thing I worked on was Challenge of the Super Friends, Scooby-Doo, Godzilla, back in 78. And then I moved over to Ruby Spears and worked on Heathcliff, Plastic Man, and Thundar. And then finally ended up at Filmation and worked on Flash Gordon, Tarzan, and then He-Man and She-Ra, which of course were two big ones. And then finally moved on to do Prince and the Popper with uh, Mickey Mouse. Wow. 
and uh, Roger Rabbit right here. And, uh, That's crazy. Yeah, so I got to work on a lot of really good properties, and uh, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. So what kind of uh, duties did your job entail, like, to start out with? Well, when how did it evolve? Yeah, well, when you're an assistant animator, I basically cleaned up the animator's drawings. They would draw on a blue pencil. Then I would clean that up and put a really nice line on it so it looked really good like that drawing there. And then they would paint paint it, put it on a cell. And uh, then I finally, by the time, I guess, 1981, I became a full-fledged animator where, where I was in charge of making the characters move. And I know this is really great for radio. Yeah, if you want to do that. Yeah. And this is just something I did one day. Spider-Man. Very cool. So that's all hand-drawn. Wow. Awesome. And so that's kind of what I love to do and did it for a long time. And then I moved into directing and I directed King of the Hill, Duckman, one episode of The Simpsons. Extreme Ghostbusters. I don't even know. Okay. It was in the sixth or seventh season. I wow. know that. But I did it all through the mail. Wow. So yeah. That's so crazy. I, and I was so busy doing stuff. I just don't remember what episode it was. Wow. I'm gonna one day look it up and find out what it is because that's the number one question I, I get. I know, right? Yeah. Everybody's gotta know. So and then I finally ended up working at Microsoft and learned the 3D animation program when it first came out in the early 90s. And so I was probably one of the first animators ever to use the computer animation system. And then I retired. Wow. <laughs> so, and now you're here. <laughs> yeah, so now I go around doing Comic Cons and meeting the fans. That's and it's, so cool. It's a lot of fun. You have a lot of knowledge. Super cool. And sometimes I do a panel at the shows where I explain exactly how we did a, yeah. uh, you know, step by step how we did a cartoon. And back when we used this really unique instrument called a pencil. <laughs> yeah, we used to use pencils. Wow. So ancient. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the biggest change you've seen in your career that as far no as technology? Well, yeah, I mean, basically nobody draws anymore, yeah. so that's that's one of the biggest. Um, and I think stories have just gotten stupid. There aren't many shows that are like adventure shows like we worked on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of fart jokes and stuff like that. You know? That's true. And it's kind of sad to see that there isn't any quality, quality animation going on. Yeah, there's definitely been a shift. Yeah. And all, all the animation is all done in flash. It's just basically moving an item instead of actually yeah. animating it. Interesting. Yeah, so. Oh, well, thanks for chatting. Hey, you're welcome. I'm at the Truffle Cottage. How's it going? Good, good. Are you enjoying the con so far? It's a great con. This is our first first time. Yeah, our first time in Arizona, too. It's a little hot, even in the convention center. Oh, where are you guys from? We're from Utah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, good time. Yeah. We're here um, demoing chocolate. All kinds of nerdy chocolate Very and every cool. different flavor. 
So yeah. kind of fun. So Can't beat that. Um, of course, our Star Wars chocolate has to be our number one. We're have to get some of those porgs. Absolutely. I mean, it's about time someone actually really ate a pork, right? Chewbacca, you killed it. You should have just eaten it. It was a waste. We actually met the Chewbacca actor, and, and he took a box home with him so he could actually eat a pork, right? He's a nice guy, huh? He's a very nice guy. Very tall. Very tall. And I would say number two would be our Butterbeer Harry Potter chocolates in every house design. Yummy. So it's, it's like a butterbeer recipe then? It's a butterbeer recipe, our custom um, butterbeer recipe chocolate, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We've got Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah, we've got our Awesome Mix Volume 1 and 2. We've got dragon eggs with dragons inside. We've got we've got some zombie bodies there. You can put the whole thing together and play with it. We've got our brains. You name it, we've got it. So how can people find you online? The truffle Okay, so we're here at the TARDIS. Yes. And I'm here with a few doctors. Yes. Um, if you want to tell everyone which doctors you are. I'm the 12th doctor. I'm the 13th doctor. I'm the other 12th doctor. <laughs> Very cool. So um, what organization are you guys with? Uh, we're with a group called AZ TARDIS. Uh, we're a Phoenix-based Doctor Who cosplay group. And we go around uh, raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Very cool. That's awesome. And the reason why we do that is because I'm a two-time Hodgkin's survivor. So oh, wow. that was the reason why we picked a charity. Cool. Yes. Very close to your heart then. Very much so. Hearts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw what you did there. Yep, awesome. So, what do you guys think of the Thirteenth Doctor? Um, it's been interesting. I mean, the reviews have been all over the place between the writing and the acting and and everything. And yeah, I'm, I just personally, me, uh, I just wasn't feeling it. I guess because there was so much Peter put so much out there as the Twelfth Doctor yeah. that to me he's kind of a hard act to follow. That's and true. I, I think anybody that has gotten the part there was going to be a lot of comparisons to the writing and everything so I think that kind of made it where everybody was kind of all over the map on their, their yeah. thoughts so much expectation exactly and then I think it's just going to take her a little while to kind of build right on the whole persona sure yeah I, like Jody, like I adore her though like she's awesome <laughs> but yeah like it was weird just the season kind of would go here and there and then it seemed like kind of like really similar villains for several episodes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and things like that yeah but maybe next season it'll perk up a little yeah, yeah. I'm what do you th- so. what do you think of the new year special any thoughts? Um, <laughs> I will say it reminded me a lot of the Do- first Dalek episode with Christopher yeah. Eccleston. Um, so a lot of a lot of throwbacks to Dalek. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very interesting. Yes. Interesting take on a Dalek. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. But yeah. So now we got to wait till 2020. Yep. So now it's just like a long wait, and everybody reminiscing mm-hmm. over what we just had. Yep. So it'll be interesting. Definitely. Very cool. So where can people find out more about you guys? Well, you can find us on Facebook at AZ Tardis. Uh, We're also online at aztardis.com. Very cool. So do you guys do any other cosplays? Um, I have about 14 in my closet. Oh, wow. I do Doctor's Companions. I do classic series. I do current series. Um, That's awesome. 
tomorrow I'm doing Donna Noble because oh, of nice. David, and then next month we're going to a convention in LA, and Catherine Tate's going to be there. Oh, nice! So I'll get to be able to do my cat, my Donna cosplay, and then she does That'll Donna as well. So Journey's the double end. D's. Yep, Very cool. the double D's. <laughs> and I I tend to fluctuate between the twelfth Doctor and I go classic with the fourth Doctor. Nice. And every once in a while, I sometimes bring out the classic Auton. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I do the third Doctor mm-hmm. and 11 and 12 and Journey's End, Donna Noble. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very cool. I know. Uh, the only Doctor Who cosplay, I did Amy one time. Oh, nice. nice. And then I was thinking of doing the 13th Doctor, the same one that mm-hmm. I had, which is the, the white shirt. and mm-hmm. So maybe, I might have to still do that. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, like, I actually have goggles already. Perfect, so um, did I. <laughs> <laughs> I basically had everything except yeah. the wig. I got a different wig, but I, I got this at Goodwill. This I've yeah, already had. Yeah, it's super, super easy costume yeah, to do. It is, and it's very comfortable. Yes. That's the key. Yes. Definitely. You're doing cosplay all day. Comfort is the work. Meanwhile, cool. our 12 doctors are dying because of all the layers. I know, and right? Heavy jackets. <laughs> and, yep. And they're like lined. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yes. Very cool. Awesome. So, one last question: Who's your favorite um, companion of the new, the newest ones? Donna. 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 I, I mean, of this season. Oh, oh this season. season. Graham. 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 I like Graham. 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 I like the old man. The old he's, man. Yeah. He's good. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much. Welcome. All right. So I'm here with Merle, the cosplay dog. Merle, how long have you been doing cosplay? I've been cosplaying about three years now. Uh, started with my first one as Deadpool. Who's your favorite uh, character to cosplay as? My favorite character to cosplay is Bat-Dog, and then I also really like to be uh, Thor, even though I'm Loki right now. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of dog are you? I'm an Australian cattle dog mixed with Australian Kelpie. Oh, that's the Australian accent. Yeah. Very cute. (laughs) From down under. (laughs) Okay, how about some with the owner now? Sure. (laughs) All right. So, have, did you start cosplaying first and then... Um, um, yeah, well, I mean, I was, and I didn't dress oh, her up. what is your name, by the way? Amanda. Okay. I was cosplaying, and I didn't dress her up, and then, like, because uh, she's my service dog, I just, like, went with her to my first mm-hmm. one, and I was like, this is cool, and then I cosplayed cool. to my second one, and at the second one, I saw someone else dress their service dog up, and I was like, that's a really good idea, then we could, like, do duos, and... That's cool. Just kind of went from there, so... I love it. So do you try to coordinate the costumes? Um, I usually do them based on a guest, um, and if there's not any guests I'm seeing, then I just do something based on, like, cool. like if it's a Comic-Con, I'll just do something Marvel or DC yeah. and theme together. Oh, cool. And if it's, like, an Anime-Con, we'll do an anime. Cool. Stuff like that. That's awesome. So the last one we did was two weekends ago, and I was Ash from Pokemon, and she oh, was nice. Charizard. Aww. And my wiener dog is in training for when she retires, so she was Pikachu, and I had her on my, oh my shoulder. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, so where can people find um, you guys online? Um, sh- she has an Instagram page called The Cosplay Dog, and that's mainly what I use. Okay. Um, you can find the wiener dog and myself tagged in some of her pictures. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so now we're here with John How's it going? It's good. How are you? Doing good. So your panel was awesome. I was sitting there. Thank you. That. Yeah, they did. A, they had a great job working on that computer. That was really fun. Those poor folks. I felt so bad for. Them. <laughs> it's 
cool Nothing like fighting with a laptop. Oh, uh, technology, right? <laughs> it's weird. It's a bowl down there. Yeah. Out from where I'm standing, everything bounces back. So yeah, you don't know. You don't know if weird. you need to talk quiet or loud or. Yeah, it's weird. It was interesting. So which do you prefer, like real technology or the technology that you designed for? <laughs> uh, I'm not really technical, yeah. so to say. I draw it all the time and have to make up this stuff, but uh, I kind of watch old black and white movies <laughs> and turn off everything, computer and cell phone, done, when I'm done with work. So it, yeah. it's okay, but it's not, I don't, I don't kind of know it all or live with it all. So I really like, it's fun to create the stuff because, you know, you're going yeah. to design the future and something yeah. that doesn't exist. And so that's always a, a blast. <laughs> but um, I, if I, if it was real and I did make it, I probably wouldn't even use it. But still watch my old movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> cool. So do you want to give people like an overview of your career? Uh, sure. Um, uh, I grew up here in Phoenix and Very always cool. wanted to work in the movies. And it was when Spielberg was having his heyday in the 80s. So we had Goonies and Raiders Lost Ark. And the Star Wars was the first three movies were booming. And I just couldn't wait to get in the movies. So I read a little article on Steven Spielberg where he used to sneak into Universal Studios and kind of set up an office. And um, he'd walk around on production and stuff until he got caught. And um, someone liked his tenacity for doing it, so they, they got him working there. And I thought, well, I'll do the same thing. And so I snuck into Spielberg's office, snuck my stuff in, and he wrote back this really nice letter. And it basically said, no one will hire you if you live out of state. You need to live in California and then pursue it. Because no one's going to hire you out of state. So I took his advice and I actually got hired the first day at an effects company that I was in contact with. But um, back in the 80s, we had two things. We had Cinefax Magazine and Starlog Magazine, and that was the holy grail of stuff. So you'd learn everything from those those two magazines. So you'd find out that Apogee was the effects company in the 80s and the Star Wars, and they were in a place called Van Nuys, and such and such did this and that. So you'd take those names and then you'd write them letters and go meet them in person. And uh, you do that now, but you do it via email and stuff. But but back then it was kind of fun. It was a big, like, four-year journey. I got more rejection letters than everything, but I thought they were kind of fun. And uh, I think I have, like, 60 of them. And, uh, and I, then that one Spielberg one. So, you know, you just kind of wait for that right opportunity to come along. So persistence is always, and don't give up faith and especially if you get someone that, that bashes your stuff you know yeah. don't let it tear you down keep going so uh, that's one guy's opinion and so but um you just definitely have to have confidence with yourself and, uh, i was never challenged with i just drew stuff and made stuff up so i didn't have to uh, actually have that i don't know what i do if somebody uh, yeah <laughs> somebody bashed everything and threw it at me i got into that later yeah but uh, by then i kind of you know, you're, when you work in the movies, you're drawing for someone else, so you can't take it too personal. But I, I started with Top Gun was my first movie. It was in the model shop, then in effects, and then uh, did Inner Space, and Spaceballs, and uh, Terminator 2, and uh, then got in the art department with Star Trek, and uh, been kind of on that forever, ever since. Did uh, a lot of TV shows and movies, and so Star Trek and Marvel are pretty much... Cool. Kept me going a long time, so very, very fun career. It's like like I never had to yeah. grow up and get a job, so <laughs> a lot of fun. So, like with Star Trek, um, what do you think of the reboot? You know, they're 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 very fun. It, it, everyone has to kind of recreate it because um, there's all all kinds of new rules in production as you go, like uh, TV shows. With with with, um, with Star Trek and use stuff from TV shows, movies has to use movie stuff. So there's this line where you can't cross over, 
with a lot of the stuff. And so you have to reinvent things. And like with the JJ movies, they uh, they had to come up with a, a way to tell the old story through the TV show, but in a movie format. So they came up with the time thing. Actually, Leonard Nimoy kind of yeah. kind of paved that way. Go, what do you say we try this? And so uh, that's where that whole kind of time framework. So they could do an original Star Trek series. Yet it's original. Yet it's new. And it's kind of for the modern audience. So a lot of a lot of work goes into how they put a, a show together. Have you worked on the new show at all? Yeah, I've been on the okay. new ones, and Discovery's the same way. Yeah. And so um, every group has a new set of rules, and so it's really fun, and they have new visions of what they want to, want to see. And so kind of my job is to kind of try tie in what was there before and make it all logical, okay. artistically. And, and um, so a lot of times they'll ask for stuff that is really hard to do, like with the yeah. Discovery ships, we know the time frame, but they want to square names engines and nacelles on they should be around to fit that timeline so we had to come up with yeah. a whole backstory of why they weren't around and all this stuff so it's really fun it's very interesting to that, challenge that's put before you to it reminds me of the deep space nine episode with the tribbles yeah so like they had to really go in like that with, for that episode yeah exactly yeah and, and, and so it um and you, you know you know love to see the old original Enterprise in TV shows and movies now, but it, 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 it looks like it's a 60s ship. So when we were working on a Discovery, we started that way, and it just looked out of place. So we had to upgrade it to make it look like the other ships in the show. So it, 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 you, you, a lot of things you don't realize have to be the way they are until you're working on them, but more near the audience looking at it, when I'll watch some movies that I love that have been redone, yeah. I go, that, why did the world does that look like that? <laughs> then I have to think back, oh yeah, I know why. But, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's always a new kind of challenging yeah. day at work to That's recreate cool. something you know so well. So with all the Star Trek stuff, you, you mentioned during your panel that that's kind of your favorite mm -hmm. franchise that you worked on. Is there like a favorite uh, design of yours that you've worked on? Uh, I really like the Vulcan ship from First Contact. That was my favorite. And, uh, Star Trek was my favorite one that I've worked on franchise-wise, but if I could, it'd be Mad Max. I'd do Mad Max okay. any day of the week. <laughs> but the, and I've met George Miller, the oh, writers wow. and directors, and nicest guy in the world, but they do them all out of Australia. Wow. And uh, the last one, Fury Road, was in South Africa. And it was funny, they were going to do it in 1993, and I actually got hired and fired the same day. Oh, wow. And so they were going to film in South Africa, but the uh, war broke out oh. after 9-11. And so Fox canceled. Oh, Fox was going to do it then. Wow. They canceled all overseas movies. And so I got the note, okay, we'll oh, talk about going to Africa tomorrow. And then I got called after. Oh. Never mind, we were all laid off. Like, no, oh. no. But uh, wow. I was close. Wow. <laughs> that was a very But I'd love to work on Mad Max when yeah. movie. And same with the Coen brothers. I love all their stuff, too. So. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks for chatting. My Where pleasure. can people find you online? Uh, I have a website. Uh, it's called Johnny's Art. All right. A Facebook page. I think that one's called Atomic Johnny's Art. So okay. It's been a long time. Very cool. <laughs> well, here, you can take this. And oh, definitely. There you go. Very cool. Well, have a good rest of your con. We're here with Clinton T. Hobart. How's it going? It's going great. I'm at Comic-Con and calling it working. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Is this your first time at Ace? No. This is my third Ace. I did oh, Arizona right. last I year your, and Chicago. painting you were talking about. How they commission you to do the different guests. Yeah. That's very cool. And I've known Steven for years when he was at the other place. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really cool. So I didn't see it, but I'm assuming that went on a program or something. The 
the, the ones you commissioned? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, wait, the, the commissions there... or the stage demo? Um, the commissions. I, oh, the commissions is private. Oh. So that's just between me and him. Oh, and then I he encouraged like me to program. make, well, he encouraged me to make prints of them. Oh, okay. um, but, but he actually commissioned them privately to have the, as part of his private, he's got probably the largest collection of my work oh. of anyone I know. So yeah, so your sign says Disney Fine Artist. Um, how did you go down that career path? It was um, actually accidental. Uh, I started out in art school uh, wanting to be an animator or a concept artist, and um, it didn't happen. And that was about 1997, 1998. And a little heartbroken. I just wanted to go into you know, an office with a shirt and tie and, and work with a pencil. I had no desire to be a painter. Um, and they had a hiring freeze when, they, when I got in. I actually got into Disney, and then they had a hiring freeze, and they, they sort of canceled it. Um, and I didn't know what to do, so I started painting in oils after I graduated from art school. And 15 years later, I was a successful still life and portrait painter. I was in about five or six galleries. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do some Disney-themed still lifes? And wound up getting into Disney fine art. So it was sort of a weird cool. way of circling around. So the still life, so like that one with the teapots there, that's a probably a good example. Yeah, and I, what I do is I actually build build sets. So okay. half of them are items that I try to find, like the pocket watch I bought, uh, the tea set I bought. Uh, but I built the staircase and I built the little door and I and nice. cut the fabric. So it's 50% manufactured. And it's really cool. It's very whimsical too. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to ask you about the junk food. Uh, <laughs> Portraits, I guess. Um, do you want to tell us a little more about those? It was started out as a joke. <laughs> I, my brother is a 16th century French literary scholar, and we were joking around one day. He said, I don't know what you're painting apples and eggshells for. If Rembrandt were alive today, he'd be painting Cheetos and Doritos, because that's all this country eats. As <laughs> mm -hmm. soon as he said it, we went, oh, you've got to do it. Well, I thought it was funny to take a, set, a, a pile of Doritos and make a real still-life painting out of them. Well, Michael Rooker from Guardians of the Galaxy thought it was pretty <laughs> funny, too. And he buys the original out of oh, show. And I posted the photo of me, him, and the painting on my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. About 15 to 20 of my friends liked it. And he posted the photo of me, him, and the, the, the Doritos on his Facebook and Instagram. And about 50,000 of his friends liked it. And it just blew up from there. <laughs> That's awesome. And I noticed you even have it on your business card there. It's big. I mean... <laughs> I always joked when I was younger that I wanted to get a painting in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and if I do ever get <laughs> one, I know it's going to be the Dorito painting. That's awesome. Very cool. I like the little heart things, the candy hearts, too. It's called B Pile of Broken Hearts, Aww, but don't worry, I'm fine. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So I heard you, as I was walking up to the table, you were kind of talking with someone about um, skills as an artist and um, what it takes to be an artist. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how, like, if a kid is interested in becoming an artist? Yeah, I, I think there's with? really two, there's two types of artists. There's a type that is naturally skilled and talented, and you can see at a very young age, they're just fantastic. Um, and usually, a lot of them hit their peak uh, by college. I know a lot of guys that came into art school phenomenal and never got any better. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other kind is, which I was one of those, where you were terrible. I couldn't draw a stick figure. <laughs> Uh, and with enough reading, practice, dedication, learning, um, slowly climbed up the ladder of skill. Uh, and I don't consider myself talented. I consider myself skilled. Mm -hmm. I studied how to do this. I learned it. And I executed. Um, and so there is a lot of hope. If a kid just really, really works hard, you can do this. That's good. That's very inspirational, too. So... 
Of the Disney characters, do you have a favorite that you like to paint? Uh, well, my favorite is Peter Pan, only because every therapist I've ever met told me I had his complex. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm working at Comic-Con, so... There you go. Of course I don't want to grow up. Do you have any projects you're working on or things like that? I'm trying to actually go back to more fine art stuff um, and, and, and really focus on building more sets, um, painting more traditional, whimsical still life because I feel like there's a bit of a void in that market mm -hmm. that I'm filling where it's that, you know, I'm doing something maybe a lot of people aren't doing. Yeah. And so I want to focus on that for a while. Okay, very cool. Awesome. So where can people go to find you online? Um, you know, I've got the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, everything is my name. So if you okay. just Google Clinton Hobart, my website comes up. Very cool. Everything comes up. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed my coverage of Ace Comic Con Arizona. So big thank you to Ace Comic Con. And of course, to all the lovely people I talked to. I'll have links in the show notes to go and follow them and find out more about their projects. And also, be sure to check out the accompanying article I wrote about Ace Comic Con, which goes into more detail and has some pictures. You can find that at nerdaparadise.net. Be sure to follow us on social media. Twitter's probably our most active social media account, so you can follow us there at at N of Peapod, but we are also on Facebook and Instagram. So be sure to watch those for all the latest announcements and upcoming events that Nerd of Paradise will be at. So thanks so much for listening, and until we meet again, be sure to stay nerdy, everyone. <laughs>